Welcome to another episode of the Blood Talks Podcast. Man, it's your host, A.B. Brizzy, and here we are on the Savage Town TV Network. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. We can make sure to listen to us on all streaming platforms. This is all streaming platforms. And we're going to get into that song that you guys just heard, that fire that just was busting the stage just now. The Weekend, The Weekend, The Weekend, The Weekend. He's got some new stuff out with Swedish House Mafia. I ain't gonna lie, I've never heard of him, but the weekend came up on my uh, came up on my title. Listen to it, and y'all know he don't miss. If one thing we know about the weekend here, we know that he does not miss, man. But this is gonna be a really interesting podcast episode. We got a lot of things to talk about. A lot of things have happened over the week, man. Uh, it's been a pretty interesting week. Uh, Thanksgiving's around the corner. Thanksgiving next week. It's going to be interesting. I'm spending my first holidays out here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to be pretty dope. Pretty going to, It's going to be pretty interesting for sure. I'm looking forward to it. It's getting a little little cold out here. Just a little bit. Not even cold. It's a little chilly. I like it. It's definitely better than uh, up north right now because I know it's cold as fuck up there, bitch. But uh, let's get right into it, man. Let's get right into today's episode. First thing we're going to get into is the Dolph situation, man. First, rest in peace to young Dolph. Sending condolences to his family. Um, stream his music, man. He owned his masters. Let's run up the numbers for him. Let's do it. But uh, you know, if you didn't know, if you've been living underneath a fucking rock, Young Dolph was shot and killed in broad daylight on Wednesday afternoon as he was picking up cookies for his mother at Makita's Cookies. This is in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, he was 36 years old and was expected to arrive at a turkey drive for Thanksgiving later that day. Uh, the owner of Makita's Cookies, Maurice Hill, said his employees told him Young Dolph walked into the store to buy cookies when someone pulled up in a vehicle, open fired, killing him. Uh, this happened earlier this week. I remember I was really just out and about in the city, and I got I was just on Instagram, and I saw somebody I was like, "Yo, they just killing your dog. They're just killing your dog." I'm like, "Ain't no way, ain't no way." Cause I'm just like, "Yeah, I know uh, rappers die in their own city. Yeah, I know that you can't be careful." But I was like, "Young Dolphin, Memphis," because Memphis always came to me as a place where they had a lot going on. But it seemed like Young Dolph was cool out there. Like, like he had enough good people in his corner. And and he's a smart guy, but I just think he got a little bit, just a little bit too careless in my in my, in my estimation. Um, now, some people can disagree with that. Feel free to. I just feel like how he was moving, what he was worth money-wise, financially-wise, but also to other people. He was a father. Uh, he was an employer. This guy had a lot of people's lives tied to his. And while I know he might feel confident, you know, moving by himself as he was, it was a fact that, man, you you know there's people out here that, that don't have your best interests at heart. And it's not like Dolph was hard to find. We all know about the, if you didn't know, he, he has a whole fleet of cars that are just like a camo, very distinct camo, um, blue, blue camo and blue uh, type aesthetic, real easy to spot. And it seemed as if from the video, not even the video, from the pictures that we saw, these guys pulled up. One had a pistol, another one had some type of automatic rifle, some type of automatic weapon and just fired into the fired into the building. And uh, young Dolph was killed. It's it's really um really sad and unfortunate because like I said before this guy was a father, and he also was an employer and he was a great maker of music man just a great great man I, 
I got to put on to uh, Young Dolph. Actually, I had a crazy situation happen to myself when I uh, <laughs> people tried to rob me out there in Dover, Delaware, over there by Bubba's. Anybody listening from Delaware knows Dover, Delaware knows Bubba's. Knows it gets, it gets a little wild out there, but they had attempted to they had attempted to to rob me out there, and I remember I a bullet definitely I got hit in the leg, and. Um, one of my friends was, t- I was telling him about it. He was like, bro, just listen to this, man. And I heard of Dolph a couple of times, but never really sat down and listened to Dolph. And it was his mixtapes. Niggas get shot every day. Still my favorite mixtape. And I know it might, people might be like, why are you bringing that up? Considering the name. But one thing about Dolph, if you knew about Dolph, he stood on what he, what he thought. You know what I'm saying? He felt how he felt and he stood on that. Um, anybody that really, really listened to Dolph, in interviews, off the music, no, that's how he moved, man. It was, it's, trust me, it's very unfortunate. And I was sick. I was sick. Still sick. But that's how I got introduced to Dolph. Um, but other than that, he left, a, he, I was happy to hear that he left behind a great legacy for his, for his family. He owned over 100 properties in real estate. Wish he would have rapped about it more, but I almost consider this probably why, because who knows if they would have known the properties that he owned. Um, they might have vandalized them, shot them up, you know, because I'm pretty sure he, these properties that he owned were in the Memphis, Tennessee and surrounding areas. So who knows, man, people might have defaced his property. That might be why he held it a secret, really didn't talk about it a lot. He bought foreclosed homes on each of his children's birthdays so he definitely left his his uh family with a good foundation and that's the only thing i could say as a black man that i strive for one of the things that i strive for and um it was great to see that he had done that he had prepared because he was out um you know he lived by even he would move by himself i i, I think young Dolph at least should have had a security member security guard with him something um I even told one of my boys, man, it's, it's dudes out there that would have took those shots for him that would at least defend him, you know? Because God pulls up with a pistol and an automatic weapon, it's just you with a pistol. And they got you by surprise. It's just going to be hard for you to outmaneuver that. That's even if you're trained with a gun and know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Even if you've, you know what I'm saying, in the best situation, best scenario, that's still going to be over, uh, a big thing to overcome. So, again, you know, rest in peace to Young Dolph. Um, it's, it's truly sad. Hip hop has become a real big, um, we've been having a lot of deaths, man. A lot of deaths. Uh, we lost Mo3. Uh, okay. Everybody knows about King Vaughn. And it just seems like, especially for black men, it just sucks because it's almost like there's no safe space where it's just like, okay, I might just be a little bit more safe. You know, it's like, oh, you got money. We can get you. Don't got money. We can get you. Stay to yourself. We can get you. Out and about. We can get you. So it's like, as a black man, and you see, he was only thirty six years old. Um. Sometimes you think, oh, I made it to thirty. I'm good now. I made it to twenty five. I'm good now. Dolph was thirty six, man. Um. So it just, it just is a sad, sad reality shakeup. You know, especially for me, when I saw that, I was like, it's another reminder that in any day, especially for you, especially for people that look like me, 
it can it can end abruptly and it can end violently. And most of the time, unfortunately, it's gonna be somebody that looks like you. Um, because I'm not gonna lie, when I carry my gun, I'm not really. I'm not, I would sit here and be lying if I said my first concern was white people. Nah, it's not. My first concern is is someone that looks like me trying to get what I got, or don't like what I have, or something like that. And I know there's circumstances that puts us into those frames of mind, but that's just me being real about it. And it looked like the people that killed John Dolph were people that looked like him. So I definitely think that it just spreads a, a light on a certain corner of our culture because some people try to make it like hip-hop and rap. That's all we have for culture, and that's not, not the case. Um... There are a lot of other things and circumstances and roots to these problems that cause these firestorms. And uh, it was just honestly hard to realize that young Dolph is gone, man, because he was out here doing a lot of big things, man, a lot of big things. Um, some lessons that we learned from this is just, one, to always keep your head on a swivel, man, and never think you, you can't be touched. Don't ever think that you are too safe out here. Don't think that... Everybody that's saying they love you and support you are, because usually, like, even if you're looking at the situation, just still went by himself to a, a cookie shop. So if he went by himself, to, um, he could have done that just off the, you know what I'm saying, off the whim. And I don't think he did, though. I think he, he probably told somebody or somebody knew he was going to get Makita's cookies, man. And as soon as he pulls up, this is probably a 10 to 15 minute exchange that he's probably trying to just go in and get some cookies. I'm even saying if somebody's in line, if ain't nobody in line or, you know, young Dolph come in, they make sure, okay, we're going to get the young Dolph, you know what I'm saying? He can cut, you know, just, you know, how shit go. Shit, he might be in and out five minutes. And considering that nobody else was hit, not even hit, wounded, um, I would say it, it seems as if he was in there by himself. So it's like, this is maybe a five, seven minute turnaround that this all happened in that's a very small window a very small window for you to shoot someone shoot and kill someone and to know that they're there immediately get out we fired i don't know man i feel like a lot more details are going to come out about this they've already found the car Apparently, it's at the, it was behind an abandoned house, the same house that a famous Memphis rapper had uh, recorded at. And then they shot at the vigil the next day. They shot at the vigil the next day. I've heard, I hear those three have, they've arrested three suspects in that. It, it, it's wild, man. It really is wild. Even the retaliation, the police shut down and made a curfew in Memphis. Uh, wanted there were some people's establishments that have been um. There have been some establishments that have been protected uh, by the police, including like Gotti and uh, some of his things that some of his uh family members' properties, just out of retaliation. Once I saw that there was a curfew out there, I was like, yeah, this shit's gonna be crazy, and it's not gonna stop anytime soon. I feel like it's gonna go all through the. All to end out this year, November and December, especially, it's going to be hot. So, again, the situation was really sad, but we can learn things from it. Um, condolences out to Yon Dolph and his family. Uh, 
it's got to get better though, man. We can't keep this going. We can't keep circulating this. We can't. We can't. It's just, it's just getting crazy out here, man. We're, we're losing a lot of people, a lot of people, really young, and it's only a certain group. You know what I mean? So let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Drake and Kanye. Uh, they seem to be able to put their things behind them, and um, they they seem to put their beef behind them. Jay Prince seems to have stepped in and got some things to happen. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, Ye officially announced plans for his previously teased free Larry Hoover benefit concert, which will take place on December 9th at the Memorial Coliseum in Los Angeles and features now no longer Nemesis Drake as a special guest. Um, well, they all came together on one accord. I can't be upset, man. I can't be upset. Uh, I wonder what, what, what how this was made to happen. Sometimes I think, well, maybe this was all supposed to happen. This was all, you know, they just been fucking with each other to fuck with each other. But, you know, Kanye said on his uh, Drink Champs inter- interview that they was too rich to really be beefing. They should be putting their powers together to make things happen and change to affect things. And I definitely agree with that. And this Free, Le- Free Larry Hoover concert is going to be lit. And again, let's not forget what this is about. Free Larry Hoover. Free Larry Hoover. Free Larry Hoover. Um... I definitely love what they've been doing with social justice reform, and especially with getting people out that shouldn't be in. And I listened to a little bit of the Drink Chance interview. I haven't really deep dived into the Larry Hoover situation, but it sounds like that man should be coming home. So uh, we know how the law is. You know, it's not black and white. It's not even across the board, and we'll get into a little bit of that more later. Y'all know what I'm already talking about, alluding to, but we're going to get into that later. This Drake and Kanye thing, it's going to be great for music. It's going to be great for the music industry. Um, this is Los Angeles. Memorial Coliseum. I've been there. I could definitely say it's going to look dope. I went to Wolden Loud in L.A. They had it there at the Coliseum, and it's got great optics. So they're definitely going to be doing their thing out there. To see Kanye West and Drake come back together. I guess I can see I knew at one point it was going to happen. Am I happy with it? Mm, I don't know about all that. Of course, I don't want to see uh, black men beefing, but we going to see. I just want the shit to be genuine. I don't like that fake shit, you know what I mean? That fake shit. So... Let's move on. Let's get into some more things, man. So, Drake and Kanye, man, just make sure that shit is authentic. Don't be out here bullshitting for us. Don't be out here bullshitting for fans and all that dumb shit. Make sure y'all coming together on some real cool shit and y'all actually squash the beef. Because I'm not going to lie. That's probably the one thing that, that, that really has me iffy. I just don't want to be out here getting used and abused as a pawn and a fan. You know what I mean? Honestly, if y'all coming together, I hope it's for the good. I hope y'all really talked about some shit. I hope y'all really came together. Um, but let's move on to some moves that were being made in the music industry that some people really might not have been paying attention to. And this is with Tidal, man. Tidal. So Tidal um, has been doing their thing, man, um, as a streaming service. Uh, they have basically changed the, their packages and changed some things. And we're going to highlight a couple of those. One is them 
artist royalties. Now, Tidal has already always been, uh, Tidal has always been one of the top streamer services when it pays to, when it comes to artists, how much they earn per stream. Um, if you don't know, some of these that you, that you love, Spotify, Apple, things like that, the artists don't get a, a lot of money from this, um, from their, from their streaming, basically. And Tidal has put out a new, to its pricing schedule, that, to its pricing st structure, I said schedule, to its pricing schedule, to its pricing structure, man, my bad, y'all, I know, I just hit the ball and shit. But uh, to its pricing structure, basically uh, adding a new hi-fi and also adding a free a free uh, plan with those ads and stuff like that. We know we don't like the ads and all that shit. Um, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I don't like that ad shit. I tell people if you love music enough, you'll go ahead. It's it, and it's definitely worth it. it, it like it, it's honestly very, 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 very worth it. Um, but basically, uh, they've introduced some new things, and we're gonna go over them now. Let's see, let's get into it. I'm gonna find the, uh... Let's see, I'm gonna move the case over real quick. I just wanna make sure I can get the numbers for you guys. Um... They definitely add some new things. And for my music lovers, I try to tell them titles definitely to me better than Apple. I fuck with it. Okay, so it looks like there's an article that I found that was really explaining it well. But okay. So they have a, I told you guys about the free the free tier. Uh, so that they never had that before, but now they've come up with a, a, a tier where you don't have to pay at all. But like I said, um, you get ads and stuff like that. But let's go over these direct to artist payments and these fan centered royalties. So beginning today, Title will launch monthly direct to artist payments. This innovative program will give artists access to access to an additional payment stream, so they can benefit directly from their biggest fans on Title. Each month, a percentage of HiPod Plus subscribers' membership fees will be directed towards their top-streamed artist, which they will receive in their activity feed. This direct-to-artist payment system is in addition to their streaming royalties. So this is awesome, man, because this is really, it's going to make other streaming platforms are going to have to compete, man, because at the end of the day, artists want to make money and everybody is pushing ownership, 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 ownership. That's what people are preaching right now. And with title doing this basically saying all right so for example me i'm a, i'm on high five my the people i probably listen to the most are probably like the weekend um right now don toliver i've been bumping him and baby Heem. so i've been bumping them a lot for like the last month or two so now but they were already giving me off a getting off of me just streaming their song regularly now i can honestly say I'm contributing. I know that I'm contributing to their success and and putting money in their pocket, which is what I want. That want what I, which is what I want. So now they'll be getting some extra money. Um, hopefully, it's a good percentage, but anything it's better than zero. 
uh, fan-centered royalties. So starting in 2022, Tidal is taking a different approach on royalties. This new model, royalties attributed to high fly plus subscribers will not be aggregated. Rather, royalties will be paid based on the actual streaming activity of individual high fly plus subscribers as opposed to an industry accepted message method of aggregating streams, empowering fans to play a larger role in the success of their favorite artists. This is going to be big. It wasn't really being talked about a lot, but I think that's it's something that's going to come up later, probably especially probably around the first and second quarter of next year, once they kind of get their feedback from it. I'm telling you, man, this if they if these artists are getting a, a, a considerable amount more money, you're going to see a lot of artists pushing title. I'm telling you, title's going to be doing their thing. And again, Jay-Z keeping his promise. He said this will be, it's bigger than a streaming platform and we're really doing things for artists. And when you see things like this, when you see big companies that really don't have to, you know, they can, they can afford to put out propaganda and say whatever at this point, just give you false promises. But for them to double down on it, it shows them that you can trust. And I think for title, that's going to be great for them over the long run. So, uh, yeah, check out Title. Get that Hi-Fi Plus subscription. Stream your favorite artist, man. Okay, so let's take it into another another subject, another realm here. We're going to get into the Kyle Rittenhouse bullshit, man. Yeah, the Kyle Rittenhouse bullshit. You already know how I'm coming with this, man. The Kyle Rittenhouse, a teenager accused of killing two people and shooting another during unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin last summer, has been found not guilty on all charges. I say this again. Kyle Rittenhouse, the teenager accused of killing two people and shooting another during unrest in Kenosha, Wisconsin last summer, has been found got has been found not guilty on all charges. The 12-person jury deliberated for more than 25 hours over the course of four days. Rittenhouse, now 18, was charged with five felonies, man. So if you guys didn't know, um, Kyle Rittenhouse basically got off. Um, and I want to talk about a couple things. One, I don't want to harp on the fact that we things that we know. We know that this is what they do. We know that the law is not black and white. That's why we have lawyers. I always tell people that the law system is clearly not black and white. We have we literally have people that it's their job to convince people to otherwise it's, it's it's you shouldn't have to convince anything that's black and white that's written in law but there's a reason why we have lawyers so it's all about capitalism it's all about business it's all about the bottom dollar and one thing we know is that when it comes to white men and their violence um they'll never be held accountable when they really don't need to be or have to be or when the planets align and the fact that this shit was in Wisconsin I'm not gonna lie I just didn't expect for it to be major and he was 17 years old but the bullshit that they're basically trying to say is that he acted in self-defense now why I think that is weird to me is because if you invoke said response or you raise the temperature in a room I feel like you cannot claim self-defense you know because now what you're gonna have what you're basically saying is i can show up to a situation and it's on you not to respond to me but i can incite now it's crazy because when i was young coming up teachers used to always tell me man um it's the second person that gets that gets in trouble it's never the first guy pushes you you smack him 
somebody says something to you, you do something back. Usually, and everybody knows in school, it's for some reason, it's always that second person. It's not the person that makes a joke, but who laughs at the joke. You know, it's always that's that second person that gets in trouble. And with this Kyle Rittenhouse situation, I feel like that's exactly um, the ideology that they were thinking. Now, the judge clearly was on the side of Kyle Rittenhouse, clearly didn't want to see him made guilty, even refusing for pastors not to be present and for him to not to refer to the to the people that were shot as victims um, was all very weird and offsetting to me but the way they said it was basically um, we showed up and despite him having an AR-15 rifle at the age of 17 despite him basically going to a going to a, a known protest with an, a safe protest armed uh, gun pointed not at the ground muzzle not pointed at the ground um, and him running into the fray was gonna have a response and what they're saying is by these people responding with one guy I think was trying to restrain him, one guy who tried to hit him with a skateboard, him doing these things, even though when most people see a gun, people are going to definitely in a protest situation and they see someone walking towards with a gun. And especially a kid at that, this isn't even a grown man. We're going to immediately think we need to disarm him. Um something bad could happen this man has a gun and basically what they're saying is you can't respond like that how dare you because at this point he fears for his life no matter that you fear for your life at first no matter that you fear for your life at first if anything they're almost saying that you should if you're gonna hit him with the skateboard you might as well take him out they would have been better if they took him out with the skateboard based off their logic because at least then you could say you f you fear for your life but it's basically alright whoever lives fear for their life basically that's all I'm getting out of it and now telling me I can show up anywhere oh you got a problem with it well if you got a problem with it you better make sure that you take me out because if you got a problem with it and you come over here if you got a problem with it and you disturb me at any point of what I'm doing at that point, I can fear for my life and take yours, period. Now, we know that it's not period. We know that it doesn't end there because, again, justice is not black and white. We know that this is a black man. He would be shot. He would have been shot that day. You got to remember that Kyle Rittenhouse, after doing all this, made it home that night. Walked right past, walked right past the uh, law enforcement. You got to remember that. It's so much to the story that was going on. You got to remember that Kyle Rittenhouse did not, was not apprehended. This man killed two people, shot three on scene, and was able to go directly home. Mind you, a 17-year-old with an AR-15. Murdered two people. And it always baffles me as a veteran that the escalations of force that 
you put on a trained individual, but it's like you put the, it's like they put the locks, they lock down someone that has been trained. How dare you? How dare you? But no training, just a regular civilian, underage. Hey man, do your thing. Because I can tell you, even in a military standpoint, if I have a AR-15 and I'm attacked by someone with a with a skateboard, and I shoot them dead right then and there, I'm going to Leavenworth. I will be processed out because you don't just jump to the escalation of force of killing someone because they attack you with a skateboard or try to disarm you. And these are things you know. And that come with owning a gun. This is why owning a gun shouldn't just be made so feasible for a 17 year old. Because he doesn't under, because I cannot say if he does or does not understand this. But the fact that he he was being tried as an adult and the court of law should have been. So at the very least, him having the gun is illegal. But they just spat in the faces of these victims and um, spat in the faces of society and said, everything you did was justified. You were good to go. It just makes, it just doesn't make any sense, man. From the fake crying to all types of stuff. It's truly, truly, truly amazing. Um, And it's travesty. Because now protests have already been a source of violence for people. And now it's like, well, shit, you're basically telling, you basically preparing people to anytime there's an issue, a public outcry, there are people that can show up, white men, that can show up with their guns, do whatever they want. And if they can say that they felt threatened, take your life. This really makes me interested to see how Ahmad Barry, Ahmad, um, Ahmad Barry's uh, case comes out, um, because at this point, who knows? All, all somebody has to say is, uh, "I fear for my life, man. I fear for my life." Ahmad Aubrey. I really want to see how that turns out. Because it's, it's, it's just a cycle of hatred, man. It truly is a cycle of hatred and violence. Because everything is going to have a reaction. And then basically it's getting to the point now where that reacting, the reaction to the reaction, when done by a certain group of people, can always result in the death of others. We can react to the, to the eighth degree and face no punishment. And it makes me just think, man, what is coming? What is coming? What is next? Because it doesn't seem like it's stopping. It's getting crazier and crazier by the year. Truly getting crazier and crazier, man. Um, but that's how I wanted, I wanted to cover the Kyle Down situation. It's a travesty, but at the same time, it was expected definitely from me. I didn't expect this, this, this kid to be held, to be held accountable for the things that he had done and for the lives that he had taken. Um, and just makes me think what's next because all this does is show people that they can get away with some shit and this is why guys get shot
but he's already been taken in by the far right. So they said they're good with him. They're good to support him. Even Donald Trump came out and said, self-defense is all right. <coughs> Which I don't understand, man, because you're telling me the fact that he had a gun was was cool and he made it home while someone like Tamir Rice can have a gun be 14 years old and is shot within five seconds of law enforcement being there. Within five seconds, mind you, Kyle Rittenhouse parked, walked, shot, ran, scurried, fled, walked back past law enforcement. There's, there was, he was out there for at least 30 to 45 minutes and actually fired off a real weapon and nothing was happened. Not, not tased, not even talked to. By law enforcement. Meanwhile, Tamir Rice had a fake gun and within five seconds, without discharging, of course, any type of bullets or anything like that, was shot and killed. So it just compares to be a deep contrast. And for the law to be black and white, it seems to be a lot of gray. Well, let's get on to some other things, some, uh, some other things that were just really wild that happened over this past week. Zach Stacy. Um, an embarrassment to black men. Um, just truly an embarrassment. He was arrested in Orlando after the viral video of him beating up his wife or beating up his girlfriend, assaulting her. Uh, I saw the video. The video is pretty wild. Um, strikes her, throws her against the TV. TV falls on her. There's a lot going on. And I understand. Trust me, I understand where black men are coming from, where they're saying, what did she do? Um, Because there are two parts to every story. But unless she was putting his life in danger or the life of that child in danger, he could have took another route. He could have watched us walked away, removed himself from the situation. He could have called the cops. Because I'm really just sitting here thinking, fam, what made you do that? Because if it's not a circumstance and you're just telling me you felt a way, that's a whole nother situation. But it's both both are unacceptable because either you need some help mentally or you need some help maturity-wise because trust me, I've been in that situation, bro. Even when they're putting their hands on you, Zach Stacy ain't no small dude. He knows he can, even if she was attacking him, he can get her up off him. And it didn't seem like that was the case. I've seen, I've read things about she owing him money, this, that, and the third. I'm like, all that stuff. There are other ways to go about it. You can get the law involved. You can remove yourself from the situation. Yes, sometimes it, it, in the moment it might seem like that isn't. But you have to, man. You have to. Because you doing what he did, what doing what he just did. They're going to throw the book at him. And it's probably for something that could have easily been rectified. Something that he could have had just not been involved in. But it says, um, when I was reading into it, that he had histories of problems with this ex. Which then lets me, again, choices that we make as men. Why are you dealing with this woman? Why are you dealing with this woman again? Like... You got to be real about it. If they've already gotten into spats, why wasn't that first spat the end of it? 
I don't know much about the video. I don't know if they lived together. I don't know if they were still romantically linked, anything like that. But even it goes to the case where you got to bring somebody over when you're with them. You got to do that because now I can say what it looks like. It looks like you're, you're, you're out here just abusing her. And we got to wait for everything and all the details to come out. But that's what it looks like. And perception is reality for a lot of people. And perception is reality, especially when it comes to a, a black man. For you to be putting hands on what seems like a non-black woman. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's just, that just isn't smart. And it's on video. It's going to follow you. Wherever you go, people are going to bring up, hey, this you, man? Hey, this you? Hey, this you? No matter what that backstory is. Is this you? This you? You got to remember that, man. We live in a world where information is connected. And as a black man, a lot of information is already stacked against you. So uh, I hope they can um, get the details, um, really find out, find out. All the all the prints and details, and really see what was going on. Again, it was really sad to see that it got to that point. The mess, uh, violence against a woman in those circumstances, from what I can see, should never be permitted, especially in that manner. So, hopefully, he can be held accountable and he learns from his mistakes. Man, gotta you gotta take other other routes, man. You got to have to paramount and we see why with the sex tasty situation let's get into some more lighthearted things man with my chicago bulls man they out here doing a thing i told y'all we 11 and 5 right now third in the east we are showing people that we this isn't no quick start this isn't no uh nah through 16 games we 11 and 5 and our losses have been twice to the sixers in the beginning of the season once to the warriors i would say the only losses that I was like, what the fuck to, was the uh, Portland Trailblazers loss. Oh, that shit killed me, man. Killed me. But Lonzo is looking like the Lonzo that everybody thought he was going to be coming out of UCLA. They went down to LA and showed the hell out. DeMar DeRozan is showing that he can still be the leader of a team. He still can get clutch buckets. This guy has been killing it. I think him and Zach Levine are both averaging over 26 points. It's an amazing thing right now that's going down in Chicago. Alex Caruso is getting the clamps on people. The rest with these new rules are really letting them play. And it's showing some, and it's it's bringing light to some players' defense that wouldn't have been with, with the further rules because they're getting letting them get in physical now. And Alex Caruso is showing that he is a immediate in effective defender man when him and Lonzo are on the uh court together it's really magic to see especially on the defensive end and our team is really just becoming it's just gelling because they kind of said that our defense is going to be like a, a crux of our team but it's really hasn't been we've been causing turnovers we're not turning over the ball which is again a testament to Lonzo ball Billy Donovan Alice Caruso our ball handlers Kobe White is back 
Um, we really just got a lot of great things going. Our rookie, Dasumu, he's doing his thing. Every time he's on the court, he just looks like he deserves more minutes. Javante Green has been stepping up in the, in the starting lineup, has really been doing his thing. Vu, has, Vu has, was out. I was really excited to see how we were going to do. I want to see us play the Warriors again with Vujicic for sure. Because I feel like that first big game without Vujicic, we kind of hadn't settled into how it was without him. Definitely considering with how about 25 to 50% of the time we're initiating our offense through him. Either it's through pick and roll uh, or we just give it to him at one of those high elbows and let him pass and do his thing from there. But Vujicic was, was somebody on our team that definitely showed and got the ball a lot and initiated our offense. In that first game without him with the Warriors, I think just it was the perfect storm. And that's why the game went how it went. I can see that Zach Levine is frustrated, but I kind of like to see when, when players get frustrated because it, it shows you that they care. Like, I know that they're going out there every night hooping. And I think the balance of Lonzo, DeMar, and Zach Levine, I think most more times than not, we we have the best, a better backcourt than whoever we're playing. The fact that, one, you can't double team, and then we have Lonzo that's really finding people is really helping us. Uh, and when Vujicic comes back and when Vujicic is there, he's an issue. So I really think um, when it gets to that after All-Star break, end of the year, we're really, really gelling. People are really going to start to see what we're doing. We put on a show against the Denver Nuggets. <sighs> Our bench is really doing their thing. Derrick Jones is out there flying through the air. Oscar Russo strapping up. We're, we're really taking it to the competition. To be honest, we're really taking it to the competition. And we're looking good doing it. Um, the Chicago Bulls are, are definitely, we're definitely back. Um, I'm interested to see if we can stay into that top five. I got us finishing top four this year. I just think teams like the Knicks, Celtics, Hawks, so many teams are just going to fall off throughout the year and I just think we have a really good 10-11 man roster our roster's deep we have good veterans we have a good mix of veteran and young we have a great veteran coach I just think that and we're all on the same accord mentally I really do think that we're going to surprise a lot of people and I definitely see us going to the second round and maybe the Eastern Conference Finals this year so um, look out for my Bulls man Chicago Bulls we are doing our thing we're putting the NBA on fucking notice more into this Travis Scott bullshit. $750 million lawsuit filed against Travis Scott, Drake, Live Nation, Apple Music, and more following the Astro World tragedy. Um, <laughs> at this point, it really just looks like a money grab. At this point, $750 million. I've even heard a billion. It's just like they're really showing their ass right now. And it just shows you again why you got to be so careful. Because I'm not going to lie. I think if Travis Scott was white, this wouldn't be happening. It just wouldn't. That's just how I personally feel about it. Um, and the fact that Travis Scott, Drake, and all them are like the spearheaded and spearheaded uh, victims are in the sight lines is really wild to me. Because, again, if you've actually researched and looked at the situation, Travis Scott did all he could. There was nothing really much more he could do. Um and it's funny how people just love to just have amnesia, selective amnesia. Like, I, all of a sudden, we we realized, oh, my God, at these outside festivals and concerts, people have get in danger. People sometimes get trampled. Some people are doing drugs. Yeah, 
And if you've been paying attention to, to things that have been happening, especially in the streets, fentanyl has been going crazy right now. So it kind of doesn't surprise me when you could possibly have some drug things happening at a festival. A music festival, especially one of that amplitude, because that's always been in festival culture, drugs, young kids, partying, raging, mosh pits. Like, that's always been a part of the culture. Like, there's a Michael Jackson, famous Michael Jackson video. This man comes out, doesn't do nothing. He just stands like a statue. People are getting taken out on stretchers. It's, just, it's absolute pandemonium. So for them to just act crazy now, this is nothing to me but a money grab. Condolences for those families. Condolences for those victims. Yes, it's very unfortunate they passed away and lost their life. But this $750 million to $1 billion lawsuit, straight money grab. Straight fucking money grab. And that's all I really want to say about it. I wanted to keep it pretty short and sweet when it came to the Travis Scott situation. Shit's just bullshit. Uh, some, new, some new music for you guys. Man, please, if y'all haven't, go listen to that Melodic Blue by, by Baby Keem. Please, please. 16, Scars, Gorgeous. Do Rag Activity, Lost Souls, the original and the one with Brent Fires. This is music that y'all have to hear. I'm telling you, this shit is fucking fire. I'm going to play something on the way out, but um, I also want to talk about the song that I that I first came on, that Malto Flame by Swedish House and Mafia <laughs> in the weekend. I'm telling you, dog, this dude has perfect pitch. It doesn't make any sense. It really, truly doesn't. That man has perfect pitch. You can say whatever it is, and it's going to sound less melodic, symphonic. Like, it's, it's crazy how, how the good The weekend sounds. Check out that Moth to a Flame. That's what I just played. Um, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of the Blunt Talks Podcast. Again, it's presented by Savistan TV. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe. We're available on all streaming platforms. So, man, stream, 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 stream. And let me know, man. Message me. You can follow me on Instagram at abbrizzly, Facebook. AB Brizzy or any Savage Time TV. Also check out SavageTimeTV.com. Uh, the interviews and other things and other content are all listed there. But man, let me guys let me guys know. Let me guys know. <laughs> so let me guys know. I'm trying to tell you guys that bong is different. But let me know, guys. Let me know how y'all feel about this. I'll let you know. Let me know how you feel about the drinking Kanye, the Kyle Rittenhouse, anything. Young Dolph, just let me know. Just let me know because I want to talk about it more. I'm going to listen to this Adele album that people have been talking to me about. Probably be able to tell you guys more about that in my next episode. But make sure you listen to some Baby Kames and some of that Mall to a Flame. I'm going to end it out with some uh, Baby Keem and then we're going to get on out of there. See you guys. Peace. And here it is. I'm going to play. Man, listen to this Lost Souls.
be trying to find me a bitch that no one knows. You see that bitch right there, she fuck Romeo. You see that bitch right there, she fuck Romeo. Trying to find me a bitch that no one knows. I'm trying to find me a bitch that no one knows. Jumping at that cool. Pulling out smooth. I'm not afraid to lose. I put you on the news. Titties on the FaceTime, let them out. God kill me, race time, let me know. Shady hopping, that been taking it's time to go. When I put you in the latest, make sure you know. Not a fake bitch in sight. Coming like a thief in the night. Jumping at that cool. Pulling out smooth. I'm not afraid to lose. I put you on the news. Titties on the FaceTime, let them out. Rock kill me, race time, let me know. Shady hopping, that been taken, it's time to go. When I put you in the latest, make sure you know. I'm quick to book a flight. Don't do good with speed. 